I like the new look. I, know, I like the new look with the hair. Thank you. I appreciate it. You look <laughs> old now. Sure. Now, the word's mature. I look mature. my age, right? Uh, man, I, I still think of you as a kid. I got to say, I I'm still sure think of you as a kid, and, and I don't know if that's ever going to change. But yeah. uh, we'll talk about you being a father. That's that's very, very cool. So we'll, we'll get Absolutely. into that. I love that. And uh, we'll just, you know, we'll have fun. That's what we do. We just shoot the shit. We'll have fun. We'll take care of a local boy here and uh, just make it a conversation. It. All right? Yeah. Yep. Bob's in his Celtics T-shirt. That might <laughs> Paul, Pierce, Paul Pierce retirement. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Between us, I love it. All right. Here we go. Got to take it. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Uh, he's Bob Ryan. I'm Jeff Goodman, and uh, we are joined by uh, Michael Carter Williams in the bubble. In the bubble in Orlando, he didn't have to travel far uh, to hit the bubble, and <laughs> he's true. coming off uh, like an all-star performance. The first game back, Michael, and you waste no time. Uh, what was it like? 16 points in 18 minutes. Uh, obviously, you've been working out back in Hamilton, Mass., haven't you? Uh, yeah, I actually um, I stayed up in Orlando. Um, during the, you know, all the quarantining and stuff. So I, I stayed up in there. I set up a little uh, workout place in my garage. And then um, the, the Orlando Magic, the facility, was one of the first, you know, ones to open up in the NBA. So I was just going there every day. So uh, I definitely was putting in a lot of work over quarantine. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I've been ready for a long time. And uh, I feel good. I feel healthy. Can I attach – can you attach the word fun – to what you guys were doing yesterday on over and above everything else. You were back playing a real game, you know, so-called a basketball against a, a, a <clears throat> Was it fun? Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was definitely fun. Uh, it was good to play against, you know, somebody else. Um, you know, we've been going pretty hard in practice, um, you know, since, you know, even since we've gotten here, you know, we've played five on five and gone up and down. Um, so it was good to, to play against some other competition. What was it like? Describe the environment. You guys get on the court. You're looking across. You see Kawhi. Like, what what was it like yesterday? It just it, it was surreal for us, I think, to watch. You know, I'm so excited for three o'clock to get here and watch. No disrespect to the TBT, I loved it, but but it ain't the NBA. So I was so yeah. excited. Describe what it was like. No fans. You know, uh, the, the coaches sitting in chairs that are a foot or two apart. What was the whole deal like? Um, it was it was different. Uh, it was different for sure. Um, you know, having no fans there was you know weird. You know, when your players are taking free throws, it's dead silent. Like there's dead silence. You know, throughout different periods of the game, um, it's just different. You know, you can hear everything. Um, so it, I think it's definitely going to take some adjusting to getting getting used to. Like even you know sitting down, uh, you know, on our bench. You know, it, it's not the same anymore. So it definitely is different. It, it does feel a little weird. I didn't get to see it. I, I'm going to watch from now on. But I, my, I have one burning question as a basketball fan for 60 years. Uh, did, was it, how hard was it not to go do the hand slap after the free throws? 
<laughs> oh, I, I honestly, I, I forgot about that. You know, I, I did a couple, couple, couple of hands laps. That's uh, going to be a really hard habit to break yeah. for your yeah. generation, you know? Yeah, like yeah. One thing I've never understood, I never learned how it got started. I have no idea who gets credit for this, and it caught fire worldwide. It was like a virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Here we go. We got we got some outside noise at your spot in Orlando. What, what's it? No, you, you don't have to go in. You don't. Give me a noise. We like it. It's real. There's, it's there's, a, there's a there's a uh, boat going by. Oh, is there? Yeah. Here, I'll show you guys. All right. Show us. Show right us the boat. Oh yeah. Uh, ah, that's good. That's good. That's right. a nice nice little view. So what? Yes. Like, is that boat, Michael, taking workers? To the hotels, do you think? Do you have any – I mean, you probably have no clue more than, than yeah, we do. I have no idea. I, I don't think so. I think it's just uh, – I think there's some so, there's some places here that are open for the public. Are there? Um, are there? We're just – you know, it's, it's blocked off to us. Yeah. So I, they're probably, you know, a part of the public. And uh, You know what? Here's another question that you probably can't answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, the workers that are in your hotel – do they go home every day and come back or are they there? I've always said like Adam Silver and the NBA should have paid them double and had them kind of be there the entire time as well, pay them very, very well. But so they don't have to go in and out of the bubble. Do you have any idea what the deal is with those guys? I know. I think, I think they, they do have certain times where they do go home and they have certain times where they, they probably come here for a stretch of stretch of time and then go home and come back. So what, what, what for you, you know, I'm watching last yesterday afternoon, and I'm seeing you play as well as you do, uh, and I'm saying to myself, all right, he's taking advantage of an opportunity here. You know, this is something where you're trying to prove, obviously, and you have for the, for the season until the season got shut down, um, your role within this team, within the league. Uh, other guys obviously have different deals. You know, my, my daughter's texting me, and she's saying – she interviewed your, your your brother Marcus a couple of weeks ago, so she knows all about you. I've talked about you, and she's saying how well you're playing. I'm saying yeah, and, and she's like he's playing better than Kawhi, and I'm and I'm trying to explain to her that there's a big difference here. Kawhi is playing to get in shape. You are playing really in a different role. You're showing your coach and your organization that you're in tip top shape so that you can continue to have that role and expand on it when the real games start. Am I correct in that? That this, this is an opportunity for you to show that you you can even do more than you did before all this happened. No, for sure, yeah. And, and you know, it, you know, I, I play, you know, kind of one way. It's hard for me to, you know, use games as, you know, to getting in shape or anything like that. I, I just – it's just not – it's really not in my nature. Um I, I just go out there and I and I kind of play as hard as I can, you know, no, no matter what, you know, the game is, no matter what. But, yeah, of course, you know, I, I definitely feel like I have a chip on my shoulder and I always have something to prove. Um, I am playing for something different. And, um, you know, I, every time I step on the court, it's an opportunity for me to, you know, to, to reach my goals. Bob? Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just thinking of um, it, what it, – the, your career arc for you, and we'll play that little game about if you were addressing your younger self. Uh, you know, now I mean, there's so many experiences that you've had in the, in the course of the of the league. But what would be the biggest things that you'd want to say to the young Michael Carter Williams? You know, now with your from the vantage point of your experience in the league. Um, you know, that, that's tough. You know, I, I think I could say like, 
you know, I, I wish I could go back and, um, you know, take care of my body more or, you know, I, I felt like I've always, you know, worked, you know, pretty hard. Um, you know, I, I've, I've hit some really, really bad luck with injuries. Um, I, I've just had, you know, I've had hips. I had, I've had the same hip surgery that, you know, Isaiah Thomas had. Um, I've had same shoulder surgeries as Paul George. Like I, I've just hit a, a, a bad spurt of, you know, I've had knee issues that, you know, are, are great now. And I, I finally feel like I'm a hundred percent healthy. Um, so it's hard, you know, I, I think there's, you know, always, obviously, you know, there's things that I would go back and improve. Um, I would probably just tell myself to be more patient and not get so frustrated with, you know, you know, the, those injuries and, and, and really take the time to, you know, try to get those, you know, get fix those and be healthy before trying to kind of force myself to come back. Is any young player, not just you that uh, ever, but no matter how, um, high he was uh, drafted or, or whether he was an undrafted, the free agent or whatever. Does any young player fully recognize or fully aware of, or ready to play NBA defense? Is that, because that to me, the biggest myth in the public, it drives me crazy for Kawhi. 50 years. Kawhi was. Not, people not understanding how defensive minded uh, in, uh, in the difference between it and, and any defensive situation you, we were in at, at, in college. Um, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, you know, it, it, in college, you know, comparing college defense to NBA defense is, is definitely different. Um, the game's faster. Um, you know, obviously guys are bigger and stronger. Um, you know, guys play, you know, guys are positionless now. Um, it definitely takes some, you know, takes some getting used to it, um, learning the system, learning the different rotations. And, um, you know, especially for, I mean, for us, I played zone, but I, I've always, uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it, it definitely took a little, you know, getting adjust to, adjusted to, but, you know, even for myself, you know, I, when I was younger, I always, you know, I, I always took pride in playing defense and, you know, I always felt that that was one of my strengths in the game. So I was, you know, I was kind of happy to go and show people, you know, what I could do defensively, but, you know, it definitely is an adjustment. Yeah. I mean, but you, you've taken it to a different level. Like you said, it's Syracuse yeah. stuck in the zone. People don't know how good, you are as an on-ball guy, even I think early on in the NBA, I think for you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was more, you were scoring, you were rookie of the year. You're looking at your offense more. Now you've you've become an elite defender. I think almost understanding that that's your way to make an impact now in the NBA, because you're not getting the same level of, of, of shot attempts and you're not having the ball in your hands quite as much. So you've got to impact the game and you have, I mean, I honestly think you could put yourself somewhere in the equation. You're an all-league defensive guy, and if you got the minutes, the extended minutes, I, I think people would realize that. No, for sure. Um, you know, for a while, I, I had a point where I needed to, you know, earn my place on the on the floor, and and I think that's what you know. I was like, if I can, you know, be the best defender on the team, if I can be, you know, one of the best defenders in the league then, you know, uh, you know, teams have no choice but to put me on the floor and then, you know, I can keep working and, and getting back into get back to a rhythm on, on offense. Now we'll come along. And I think, I think I'm in the, at that place, right. I am getting an opportunity now. You know, I, I got a little bit longer of a leash, you know, I, I can, you know, do certain things on the floor. And, um, you know, it, to me, it was, you know, a, a, a long process of, you know, can I get back healthy? What can I do to get back on the floor? And then, I'm able to necessarily do the things that, you know, 
people look at, you know, which is, you know, the offensive end and scoring and, and getting more shots and things like that. Well, confidence too, right, Mike? I yeah, mean, super. That, that's yeah. the biggest yeah, that, thing, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, definitely, definitely. Huge part you, of it is definitely confidence. I mean, you go through all the injuries. And then what what was it like? I mean, was it we're about a year plus ago? You're out of the league, right? I mean, about yeah, a year. No, yeah, yeah. No, that was a uh, – it, it was a real, that was a really, really hard time for me. You know, I, I went through a lot. I, I've overcome, you know, so much, you know, I, I went through mental health issues, you know, depression. I went through, you know, just because, you know, my mind was telling me, you know, to do something what my body couldn't do. You know I mean, I, I remember there was times where I, you know, I, I, you know, didn't want to leave my bed, you know, didn't want to do anything. And then, you know, it, it took a lot of work, you know, just to, you know, to feel good about myself, to be confident again, and, and you know, to, to appreciate the game. You know, I felt like I was getting a raw end of the deal in a lot of situations, um, you know, with injuries, with, you know, being in positions I was on the, the court. You know, I found myself, you know, kind of, you know, pointing the finger, like, you know, I've been through this, I've been through that, you know what I mean, and not taking, you know, accountability on, you know, what I can do to get back. And, you know, once that switch flipped, on, uh, you know, okay, you know, I want to get back. I want to be the best player I can be. Um, you know, I, you know, things started, you know, going well for me. You know, you know, when I got released from Houston, it was, you know, it was tough. You know, my uh, my girlfriend and my baby, you know, you know, I had issues with, you know, with her. You know, they they ended up leaving. You know, I was you know, I was an unhealthy human being. So I got I got cut from my team. I was out the league. They had left the house, and so that was like ground zero for me, you know, and, you know, once I, you know, hit that moment, you know, I kind of had to, you know, figure out, you know, what do I want to, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Who do I want to be? You know, what do I see myself in five years? And, you know, I, you know, worked my ass off, you know, since the, you know, I took like a week from, from when, you know, just to, you know, what, you know, cry, you know, you know, get it, get everything out. And then after that, you know, I just, put my head down and just decided I was just going to work as hard as I possibly can. And, you know, if I was going to go out the league, if I was going to be out the league, you know, it was going to be, you know, I worked my hardest, you know, there's nothing I could do. Um, but I just, you know, I, now that I see, you know, you know, what I can, I can do on the floor, how hard I can work, you know, I, I really think this is just the beginning for me. Well, that, that's good to hear. And you made an allusion to the mental health situation in general and, the, with Kevin Love in the forefront, and others have been willing now to share their experience in there. And and uh, it, I, it, this is really a big development in all pro, pro sports that that anybody to to shed light on this issue, you know. And and, yeah, and no, I think the sure. public needs to know that you guys aren't robots, and and you may be gifted athletes, and you are gifted athletes, and and we admire you for that. But people uh, then as, you know they make assumptions that they shouldn't make about you as as people. Now, yeah, I mean, no, you, sure. not, you, know, you, you athletes. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I get it. And, uh, yeah, it, it's hard, you know, because we're taught, you know, not to, you know, not to, you know, listen to what everyone says, not to do this. But in, in the world we live in now, you know, it's kind of almost impossible. You know, I hear all the time, you know, well, you know, what happened to Michael Carter Williams or, or people saying, you know, you had one good year or this and that, like, you know, over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, different, you know, you know, people asking me, you know, what changed, you know, since Philly and this and that, not, and they don't know the ins and outs. They don't know everything, you know, they don't know the, you know, the injuries that I've had or the things that I've gone through or, 
you know, the mental health issues that I've gone through. And so, you know, to hear that and see that and to, to, you know, people criticize you about something that you've been doing your whole life and something that you loved, you know, it's hard, you know, it's hard for you to work so hard at something. And then for everyone around you telling you that not everyone around you, but you know what I mean? That, you know, media people like just saying that, like, you know, you're, you're not good at this. And, and you've been doing it your whole life and, and you have, and, I, and I, I'm someone who takes super pride in it. Like, right. Like if you sit here and tell me that, you know, I know the, the responsible thing to do is, you know, let it go one ear and out the other. It doesn't matter. People are going to talk. Good luck. You know, it, yeah, it, it, it does. You know, it, it gets you a little bit. Now I just use it for motivation. You know, I, I feel as though like my story can be so much greater because of the trials and tribulations that I've been through. I think, again, being honest with it, right? Being able to talk about it probably makes it a little bit easier for you, right? I mean, everything you went through, and, and I'm sure it's it's easier now that you're back playing, you're playing well, your confidence probably is as high as it's been in, I don't know, since early Milwaukee days. Am I wrong? For sure. For sure, yeah, for sure. Even higher, I, you know, I, I really think that, like, you know, right now I, I, I'm the, the best I've ever been. Well, you are because, again, defensively, you're at a different level and you know you can do the same things offensively that you did early on in your career. You're just not getting the same opportunities necessarily uh, to play right. through as many mistakes. What, what was you, – you kind of alluded to it, some of the issues that you were going through when your, 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 your girlfriend uh, and, and your baby moved out at that point. How did you – how did you get – back you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit there but what did you do did you see somebody did was it your, your family that helped you get back what was that like and now as a as a father of a young child what's it like now to to kind of have your family back um you know it, it, it was hard you know I I ended up seeing a therapist um you know I, I don't think I yeah, I, I, I saw a therapist. I can't remember exactly when. I, I believe, actually, it started. I started seeing a therapist when I got to Orlando, when I first got to Orlando. Um, but, you know, when I um, – no, actually, it was before. It was in California. Yep, I started seeing a therapist in California, then Orlando. But, you know, I, I was at a point where I was – you know, I was, I was working – like, I was going to go um, play L.A. Fitness. I was going to L.A. Fitness. I was working out. Um, I was playing there. Um, I met a guy. Um, I, I met a, uh, a trainer there named Dash. Um, you know, he started working me out. Uh, we built a friendship. We were just, you know, he was, you know, I was saying that I didn't have a job right now. We started working out every day. Um, I started doing my lifting every day by myself. And then I got the call from Orlando. Um, it, it was hard, though. I had to do a lot of mental preparation. I was reading a lot. I got into I remember I was just reading books about, you know, how I can be better as a, as a father, how I can be better as a, you know, a, a partner, um, how I can be better, you know, my mental. Um, I read David Goggins book, which was amazing. Can't hurt me. Are those um, birds. So, are those birds, yeah. Michael? Yeah. yeah. They, All right. they, they, Bob, the right. only reason I said it is because Bob's looking at his devices. I was worried. I thought coming I was from him. And I knew it was birds. Okay, good. I I don't know why they started going crazy. It was was just too funny to watch Bob looking at all his devices, thinking it was him. Go ahead. I didn't Uh, mean to interrupt you. That was was heavy heavy stuff. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I could see kind of where it was going. No, no, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I I remember, you know, I was reading that book, and um, it really inspired me. 
really inspirational book. It just wanted, it just made me kind of put my head down and, and just work really hard. And then I was fortunate enough to get another shot at, you know, playing in Orlando. And I, I, I was a 10 day, I was the most excited, you know, person in the world just for yeah, a 10 day. Wow. Yeah. And give me a chance. Yeah. Just, you know, just to give me a, you know, give me a chance. You know, I remember coach calling me, asking me if I was in shape, if I was ready to play. And I was like, I'm in, you know, I'm in, I'm in great shape. I'm ready to go. So. And then your yeah. family went, when. Oh, when oh so, uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that, that was, that was, um, who man, uh, it's, you know, it's, it, it's been a long road, you know, uh, we, uh, her and I, T and I weren't together for, you know, a year and a half. Um, you know, and then, you know, she decided she wanted to work things out with me. She could see that, you know, I was, you know, I was healthy. Um, you know, I, you know, I was telling her, you know, I was committed, you know, to our relationship that I, you know, wouldn't step out on our relationship. And, um, you know, she could see that, you know, I was true to that. And, um, she saw the work that, you know, I was doing and, and, and putting in to, to be better as a person and to, to be healthy, uh, mentally, um, you know, and yeah, you know, it's been the, the best thing that's, that's, that's happened to me. That's awesome. Man. That's good. That's, that yeah. makes me feel good. I mean, listen, we've known each other a long time. As I yeah. say, I still think of you as a kid, uh, but, but hearing everything you've been through and where you're at now, um, and knowing your family as well as I know your family, uh, it makes me feel good. And, and yeah. as, a, as a young father, well, you're not that young of a father. You're, you're what are you, 27 yeah. now? 27? I'm 28. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. How, how's fatherhood? How's that? I mean, I, I assume it's hard now going to the bubble. Yeah. How old is your, your child now? Uh, she'll be two on the 28th of this month. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I like, it's, you know, I mean, you guys know you have kids. It's, it, it's, you know, it's undescribable and, um, you know, it's so funny just to watch her grow and to watch her, you know, learn new things and, you know, take new steps in her life. And it's changed me as a person, you know, any decision I make, I always think of her, you know, I always think of, you know, them, them leaving the house, you know, I never want to have that feeling again. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, she's, you know, she's changed me and, and has made me a better person. She's made me a better father. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. There's no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partner bet online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR and soccer leading the way. Bet online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Uh, we've also got NBA futures. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, so can I go to a lighter question? We, yeah, absolutely. We went, we went heavy there for a while. I'm going. I got to lighten the mood a little bit. All right. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. If 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 you're giving anybody else in the NBA a chance to to dethrone Myers Leonard as the the shotgunning champion of the NBA, <laughs> who, who who are you putting up against him? Anybody on on with you guys? No, no, I don't think so. He's a, he's pretty elite. You think? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I thought Clarkson. Listen, Clarkson's got out plenty. He's out in the clubs plenty. We know that. And uh, and and Myers destroyed him. Destroyed him. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I don't you, know. 
People say Brad Miller. Do you remember Brad Miller who oh, played in the league for a while? Big guy. No. Yeah. Yeah. People say that he might have given Myers a, a run for his money. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, we gotta we gotta find somebody here at some point. <laughs> I agree. Uh, have you chosen a, a message for the back of the jersey or, or, or not? Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have uh, liberation for the back of my jersey. Mm-hmm. All right. You've been vocal. You've been vocal in in a lot of what's gone on, Michael, in, in terms yeah. of uh, Black Lives Matter and you know, kind of the movement and, and, and everything like that. What, what has this meant to you to be uh, vocal, to be active? A lot of guys in the NBA are, but uh, I, I've seen some of the messages that you put out there. And you grew up in Hamilton, Massachusetts, yeah. which is predominantly white. We know that. What, what was that like for you, I guess, going back to your childhood? Um. What do you mean? I, I, don't, I don't know if I understand your question. Like, well, I mean, listen, you're, you grew up in an area. Did you see a lot of this in Hamilton, um, in the areas? My, my, my daughter goes to school at Pingrid, so I know what Hamilton's like uh, being yeah. very white. Did you see a lot of this in, in, in the area? Did you deal with any of it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely had my experiences for sure. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, a lot of it was, you know, when, when I was younger. Um, you know, you know, different, you know, things happen to me with, you know, with students in the school, um, you know, I've, I've had instances with, you know, the police in Hamilton. Um, uh, but I, I, I honestly think my mom and my stepdad, they did a a good job of trying to protect me from that. You know, there was no, and it's kind of like, it's sad that I think about it now. There was no, like, you know, mom, I'm going to the park downtown. Really? And she'd be like, no. And I'll be like, well, you know, why can't I go to, like, why can't I go to the park downtown? And yeah. it, she, she was like, I'm afraid you're going to get in trouble. You're the only black kid here. Da, da, da. So I was, you know, I was, I was, you know, sheltered from, you know, kind of like, you know, I go to friends' houses, you know, you know, from time to time. But like, in terms of, you know, me have freedom, like me going to parties wasn't a thing, you know, me, you know, doing all that stuff. It wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to do those things. And um, I didn't know why back then, but obviously I know now. But I've definitely had my fair share of uh, incidences that, you know, couldn't have been, you know, kind of, you know, it was inevitable. Did you ever happen to have the opportunity to encounter or meet uh, John Lewis or Reverend Vivian? I I didn't. You know, I I wish um, that I had, but no. Extraordinary man. man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, can we go back? Since you know I'm, I'm a college guy, too. Jim Beheim is turning 76 this year. 76. It's insane. I talked to him the other day. I mean, he still sounds – he's rearing to go. They, they just – they were able to work out with their players this week for the first time. Although your brother's not able to at Creighton. They're, they're holding the players back there until probably the start of school or close to it. Big East is funny. A lot of the Big East schools – are in a holding pattern. I don't know if it's because they don't have football, so they're in no rush right now to bring back their players, while most of the other leagues, other than the Pac-12 and, like, the L.A. schools and the Arizona schools, because it's so bad right now, the numbers in in those states, uh, everybody else is pretty much bringing their players back and working out with their players this week. But uh, anyway, Beheim, he's got his son for two more years, buddy. Do you, do you expect Jim Beheim to, 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 you know, ride into the sunset after Buddy re, uh, graduates? 
Or do you think he just goes until some doctor tells him, hey, Jim, that's it. You can't go anymore. Ask his wife. That will, uh, <laughs> that's the first thing <laughs> to ask. She's probably going to tell him it's over with for him. You think she uh, wants no, him home know. all day? You think after the after this <laughs> pandemic, you think Julie wants him at home all day? Yeah, every but day? Julie's gonna want to travel, and you know, I don't know. I I think so. I think it's I think it's you know it's getting to that age where um, you know it, it might be time for him to to hang it up. Um, but hey, I mean, he seems you know when I speak to him, he seems like he's doing well. He seems you know he seems healthy. He seems motivated. So. You know, maybe he doesn't, um, but it, it makes sense that, you know, Buddy finish, finishes out school and then um, he does retire and, you know, we see, a, you know, a new coach, you know, hopefully it's my guy, G-Max. Uh, you, don't Michael, you, gotta, you don't want to hop You don't want to hop back? I don't know. I mean, I would – no, not hop. Yeah, I mean, hop's good. I mean, yep. Yep. you know, hop's my guy. If, you know, I whatever. Know yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, – I know, I know he's, you know, happy in Washington, so – Hey, Michael, I've got a times have changed story that involves Syracuse that you, you might find amusing at the very least. In the, on a November Saturday in 1964, at 9.30 a.m. at Roberts Center in Boston College, there was a basketball, quote-unquote, scrimmage. It was a full-scale, it was an exhibition game. Uh, Syracuse comes to B.C. to play this game. Uh, the starting backcourt is Dave Bing and guess who? Jim Beheim. But imagine the scene. I mean, uh, uh, this, how did, this, at 9.30 in the morning, they're playing this game on the, after, on the morning of a, of a football game. But Syracuse comes all the way to BC to play this game. That, and the reason I remember it so well is I was auditioning to be the play-by-play basketball broadcaster at BC, and I got the job based on that, what I did that day. But that's how wow. uh, I, I like to kid Beheim about that. But, you, you know, this is how the times have changed. Such a thing would be going on at all, right? But that's right, right. Yeah, that is, that's crazy. What's yeah. the Bayhams uh, player scouting report, Bob? Uh, he was a, a good shooting guard. You know, he, he averaged mid-teens. He played in the Eastern League for years when Michael in the Eastern League, and you know, was the second best basketball league in the world in, in the 60s and, and early 70s. I mean, and the NBA rosters um, only had, you know, maybe 10 or 12 guys. And, and there weren't, maybe there were, uh, you know, depending on what year we're talking about, there were as few as 10 teams. So, you know, if you were the 100th best player in the world, you weren't in the NBA. You were in the, you were in the Eastern League. He was a good player. He really was. So I'm waiting, Michael. I'm waiting to pull out. Uh, I have an impression on camera. Uh, Hop did a Beheim. <laughs> I have it ready. It's terrific. You've heard. I mean, you've seen Hop do Beheim impressions, haven't you? Many, yeah, yeah, many times. So I got him to do it on camera. I was gonna run it last year after I was out in Seattle, and 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 we did it. The problem was the first thing I ran was an interview with Isaiah Stewart. You know who Isaiah Stewart is, the big kid at yeah. Washington, who's gonna be. Fringe lottery pick this year. Well, Beheim wasn't too happy because one of the things we talked about in the conversation, I don't know if you saw it, was how, why, part of the reason he didn't choose Syracuse. He, he told the story of how he went up to Beheim when he was in like eighth grade. Beheim was at a game watching one of his sons and he asked them for an autograph or a picture or something. And Beheim said, no. So Isaiah said he never forgot that. Well, Jim called me right afterwards and was kind of pissed off. And he said, um, listen, it was in the middle of the game. I told him I would do it once the game ended. It wasn't like yeah. I said no, but I was watching my kid play. And I get that. I totally get that. So, but, but in Isaiah's mind, as an eighth grader, that's what he thought. And it, it stuck with him. And he said it. And he said it 
he wasn't pissed off at Jim. Isaiah Stewart's one of the best kids I've ever met doing this. He was just matter of fact about it. And uh, so I decided after that, I'm not going to put out the, uh, the hop impression of him right away because I don't need Jim, you know, wearing me out, calling me again, pissed off. So I figured I'd give it a little bit of time. So I, I got to wait for the right time to pop that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I do, you got to, you got to retweet that. It'll, 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 no, I definitely action. It was, hey Jeff, I got to tell you, uh, yeah. uh, you haven't been phoned and have someone screaming at you uh, until you've had Bob Knight do it. Yeah, I'm sure. I can testify to that. <laughs> what did he What did he get after you for? The twice it happened. Once he was angrier. Once he was uh, he was kind of back checking in his mind. It, uh, but I did a book with Bob Cousy, and in the book, Bob Cousy talked about his encounters with Knight when he was Cousy was coaching BC and Knight was coaching in uh, at West Point, yeah. and. Um, it was not a flattering portrayal of Bob Knight. And he was angry that it was even included in any book about, by, by Bob Cousy. Why would he want to even bother to bringing my name up? So is that. He's yelling at me on that. And the other one was, this is a classic night too. Uh, long story short, I did a big story once on Big House Gaines. And, and, and he, uh, Big House had said how much he liked, uh, you know, he was admired Bob Knight. And he considered him to be a good friend. And I, I called Knight and I got him to talk about Big House. It took me a little while to get him here. Anyway, and I referred to Bob Knight as the enfant terrible of college basketball. He didn't like that. He didn't, he didn't quite get the literary illusion. You know, the I like it. He, well, he called me and yelled at me for that. So I'm a two. He's also written me complimentary letters and, and a complimentary phone call. I'm telling you, it's so, it, it, this, is the, you know, this is what you do when you live with Bob Knight at, that's how Beheim is too. I give him credit. Like we've we've had it a few times, but he's called me and actually apologized uh, shortly thereafter. So I'm fine. Like the Calhouns, the Beheims, I actually love that because you know where they stand. Oh, oh, Calhoun. Yeah. I'd much rather. Yeah, but Jim, hey, mf me all you want, and then whatever, we'll go on our and we'll we'll make up and and move forward the next day or the next week. It's the guys that talk behind your back. I'm sure it's the same thing with you, Michael and Malik, right? <laughs> You, just tell me, tell me, be real, be real. That I think that's part of our deal here in Massachusetts, though. That's kind of how we're brought up is just be real. If, if, if you got something to say to me, say it. I'm, I'm fine. I got thick skin. I'm good. But, but if you start talking behind my back, we're done. We're done. Yeah. And that's the one thing I, I appreciate about Coach Cliff. He, like, he's the most, you know, he's the most honest coach. You know, if you're not playing, he's going to say, like, listen, we're going with someone else. Da, da, da. Like, he's, he's always in communication with you. You're never, like, under, you know, you're never, like, uh, what's going on? Like, he's always, he talks to one through 14. Like, it doesn't matter. He's talking to everybody. That's great. No, that, that and it was big for you to, this is your second stint with him, right? I mean, this yes, was huge yeah. for you to already, even though your role wasn't quite the same when you were in Charlotte, to, to already have familiarity with, with Cliff must be huge right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, yeah. what, what's, what's on tap now? Day after your first exhibition, you got practice today. Will it be light? Do you have any idea? Kind of what, take us through what life is like now from a day-to-day perspective. You wake up, you find out when you're practicing. Is it still a lot of sitting on your ass waiting around? Um, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, I'll probably do something. I'll probably go fishing. Yeah. Um, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably – Probably go fishing. I might hit. The, I might do a pool, the pool for a little bit of exercise, and then we got a film at five, and then practice at five forty-five. Um, we'll probably be a little light. We'll probably get up and down a little bit. 
Um, but we're probably just going to go over a lot of things that we, you know, we didn't do well um, yesterday in the scrimmage. Who are you going to go fishing with? Just you? I don't know. I'll, I'll probably text some of the guys if anybody wants to go. Who else fish? Are you a big fishing guy coming up here? Um, you know, Z, you? you know, my Z's a big fisher. He's a big, I haven't, I, he's always gone fishing. Wow, my stepfather, my stepfather, Zach. Really? I didn't know he was a yeah, big he, fisher. He, really? He is a big fisher. He goes like almost, he goes almost every day. But, um, yeah, I just, I just started, um, I really, I'm just started really getting into it. Uh, a couple guys on my team are, and Gary Clark, he's a, he's a big fisher. PJ, um, he's, he's been fishing a lot. I know Aaron Gordon went fishing. So a lot of guys like to, you know, try it and stuff. So we, we got a, nothing but time here. So <laughs> that's for sure. And based on that game you played yesterday, uh, can I assume the scouting report is that nothing's changed with Lou Williams? <laughs> yeah. He's the same changed. Lou Williams. Yeah. He's going to be Lou Williams. He is a, you know, I don't th- he's not going to, he's not historically appreciated yet. People, uh, I'm, I'm almost fixated with Lou Williams now. The, the career he's had, and the lack of total uh, um, fame and appreciation for the, what this guy continues to do year in and year out, coming off the yeah. bench. No, yeah, he's he's a, he's an unbelievable player. He's, I mean, he puts the ball in the hoop. Uh, he's one of the you know the best to do that. Um, yeah, you know, he, especially just coming off the bench like it's nothing. So uh, he's definitely somebody that I look at, and, um, and you know, I, I appreciate his game. He's he's a, he's a he's a very tough player, especially when you let him go left. He's hard to stop. All right, I'm going to give you one guy, the, a teammate who's not there yet. I don't maybe he arrived. Markel Fultz. I've seen since AAU ball, uh, yep. so I've kind of known him and, and and kind of followed him pretty closely, obviously over the course of his career, and to watch kind of what he's been able to do in Orlando to get his career, his life back on track. It makes me smile, Michael. I, I won't lie to you. It makes me smile because he's Absolutely. a quiet kid. He's a good kid. Having to go through what he went through in the spotlight like that, being the number one overall pick and everybody crucifying him, he went through some of that, but he went through it at a, at a different level, I think, even than you because he was the number one overall pick. And all the question marks, is it, it, does he have a case of, of the yips? Is it a real injury? What, what's, what's it been like to get to know him and watch how he played this year before the, the, the shutdown? No, it, yeah, it's been amazing. Me, me and Markel were really close. Um, we talk all the time. You know, we talk about, you know, how weird it is that, you know, we both were in Philly. Yeah. We kind of, you know, we went through, you know, ups and downs, and then uh, we end up in Orlando together. Um, so we, we've been able to, you know, kind of build a relationship, you know, off that and, um, you know, talk about, you know, he, he's also a, a father now. Um, so him and, um, you know, he just had a, a baby boy. So him and I, uh, we talked a lot and I, and I'm, you know, so happy for him. I'm so happy to see him do well. Um, you know, we talk hoop, we, you know, I'm always giving him advice. He's always, you know, talking to me. He's a great kid. Um, really so I, def- I, I definitely know. You know what you're talking about, and you know I, I'm you know happy for him, and I hope he you know keeps you know striving and, and and keeps proving people wrong, and just you know keeps being him. Is that is that a big difference in you too, Michael? Now, where maybe when you got in the league, you're probably and not just you, but I think a lot of guys are more worried about them, right? You're more worried about your career, your focus, you're narrow-minded. I got to do this now. It sounds like 
it's not about you. I mean, it's still about you. Obviously, you care about your career, but but you're kind of a veteran now. You've been through a lot. You can help some of those young guys like Markel that maybe you know five years ago you might not have been able to do that from a from a emotional standpoint like you can now. No, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've I've given you know so much advice to my teammates. I'm always talking to them. They probably get annoyed with me how much I talk to them, but. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm always, I'm always giving them advice. I'm always telling them what I see. And I, and I think it's really important, um, you know, just to, just to be that veteran guy that's been through, you know, a lot in this league and, and to share those experiences and to, you know, if you see somebody going down a similar path that, you know, you went through, you know, I'm always, you know, you know, saying like, hey, if you want to talk to, you know, me, I'm here for you. We can have a you know, real conversation. And I think it's missing in the game. You know, I, I think those real conversations are missing. And a lot of everything is, is surface level, right? It's like, you know, we're in the NBA. We have all this and, and we have no issues. We have no problems. But, you know, everybody does. Everybody has issues. Everybody has problems. Everybody goes through different things. And um, and the NBA, we're kind of, you know, taught to be, you know, these immortal, no-feeling kind of people. And, you know, even though we do go through that. And, and, and I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. And so I think it's important that, you know, people do have those real conversations and, and, and express how they feel. Well, listen, we appreciate you jumping on. We really do. It's good yeah. to see you, man. Good to, more you, more than welcome. anything, just good to see you. Good to talk right. to you. We haven't done this in a while. I think the last time I saw you was when you were with the Rockets. So um, after this is over, when you get back to Hamilton, I told yeah, you, come absolutely. up to Newburyport. We got some new restaurants that just popped up. So, uh, oh, yeah. Come up with your family, and it, it, well, whether we got to do the uh, the outside socially distance thing, whatever it is, uh, it's on <laughs> me. And uh, absolutely, I'll uh, definitely take you up on that. Listen, um, I'm glad all is well. I'm glad all is well with you more more than anything, you know, mentally, emotionally, uh, everything like that. And you look good on the court, and just keep it going. All right. Stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Take care, man. Okay. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. Talk soon. You got. It.